G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Turning our attention to the issues around the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, if you follow the news reports, you'll know that the Russian propaganda machine has a major focus on framing Ukraine as being Nazi. Now, whenever that terminology is used, images of the Second World War, of the Holocaust against the Jews, comes easily to mind. So some insights into that image with a special guest who's been a commentator on Ukraine and exploring the history of Eastern Europe. We'll often talk about issues affecting the Jewish people with Stan Goodenough. Stan is an Israel-licensed evangelical tour guide. He's a journalist, writer and speaker. Stan Goodenough, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. So good to be here. Stan, making an assessment of Ukrainian history without colouring the devastation that's befallen the Ukrainians in the Russian invasion, how tough is it when you're starting to grapple with some of these issues? Uh, Neil, I think this is really an important uh, topic to to confront. Um, as I've learned in the many years that I've lived in Israel and monitored very closely the global media coverage of the Israel-Arab conflict and of the question of Israeli settlements in Judea and Samaria and how the, how the media... Um, internationally, uh, generally all follows a particular narrative. Um, it's been very interesting to see how the international media has covered the Russia-Ukraine conflict, um, which has alerted me in my radar because of because of the the, the trend to uh, almost paint the conflict as bl- in black and white, uh, totally um, disregard. Uh, any message coming out of Russia and completely embrace virtually every message coming out of Ukraine. Um, That, to me, monitoring media coverage from a spiritual perspective, that to me is already uh, raises a few uh, questions. Um, The the use of the term Nazi by uh, President Putin uh, has been totally rejected by the international community. and 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 also by Israel, uh, which uh, Israel from Israel's perspective, perspective, there is no uh, comparison to be made in any way, shape, or form uh, with the Holocaust, which of course also affects the way Israel sees the Ukrainian president's position uh, on what's happening in his country, because uh, Holocaust terminology has been used by the Ukrainian government. Uh, but the idea of Nazi. Uh, in the configuration of the German Nazis of World War II uh, has been totally uh, rejected, as I say. Um, however, there there is a very strong Nazi element uh, that exists in the now uh, highly regarded Azov Regiment, which is a, or battalion rather, rather which is a, a kind of a special forces um, component of the Ukrainian 
military. And uh, their history, the history of the Azov movement is, or the Azov battalion is uh, a rife with anti-Semitism and with pro-Nazi type um, um, expressions, uh, regalia, including their banner, their flag, which is very similar to the SS banner uh, used by Hitler's um, military. And, and it's embedded in all of the, uh, the components of the Ukrainian military but specifically right now in the uh the power station uh in Mariupol which is under uh such v- vicious assault right now um look the comp- uh, the situation is just more complex much more complex than the very simplistic approach uh which is how i view it of the of the po- kind of the popular media position uh, that putin is evil is uh, and that his behavior is absolutely uh, inexcusable in every sense and that he should be brought before a war crimes a war crimes tribu- tribunal all of those things are very likely true in every sense so um, a compassion just, yes go ahead a compassion for the ukrainian victims uh, has to be taken into a context uh, where there has been uh, this level of uh, anti-jewish aggression because the jewish community in ukraine has been very significant it has been very significant, and its history there has, uh, in terms of persecution, uh, stands out uh, head and shoulders above almost every other area uh, in uh, Central and Eastern Europe. Specifically, the uh, the history of act- actions, actions of uh, anti-Semitic uh, violence uh, dating back to the late 1800s, uh, is exceptional in Ukraine, and anti-Semitism runs all the way through up until most recently, the decision by the previous government, not uh, not the current current government, but the previous government in Ukraine, to to venerate uh, one of the uh, the great heroes from the 1920s, uh, earlier 1918 to 1920, a man by the name of Stepan, uh, whose statue I believe was unveiled in uh, recently in the Ukrainian city. Uh, he led uh, a very brief moment of Ukrainian nationalism. He led uh, 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 the country during some vicious pogroms that saw something like 100,000 Jews murdered in Ukraine. And then in the, um, in the Second World War, uh, one out of every four of the six million Jews who perished uh, was killed in Ukraine. Uh, with the Nazis, but also with Ukrainian nationalists very actively involved. Uh, in 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 the murder and the mass murder of of their Jews, that is a history that's there. And there's one other thought, Neil, and that is that Ukraine is a new country. Its independence dates just a few years back uh, to the early uh, to the to the early uh, part of the century. Uh, it, it, the borders have changed over the years, but nationally, Ukraine is a new country. So when when Putin talks about uh, says that there's no such thing as an independent national Ukraine. It's not that he's he's not right, but he's not completely wrong either. It's a new entity. And Russia does have a lot of uh, historical ties to that country. Just It's just part of the picture. It doesn't justify anything that's happening and shouldn't ameliorate in any way our compassion for the horrible, uh, inconceivable suffering of the Ukrainians right now. But it is part of the bigger picture, which I think we need to at least include in our understanding. So there is something historic there that is worthy of mention, but in the modern context, is it truly a major contradiction to Putin's reasoning for the invasion that the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, is in fact a Jew? 
Yes, I think I think this uh, I think this is a, a problematic position to to to, uh, to view Zelensky from. I mean, he is a Jew. Um, Karl Marx was a Jew. Uh, so, uh, you know, there've been there've been a lot of Jewish people around who have not necessarily been very much enamored with their Jewishness. Zelensky himself is not a practicing Jew. He doesn't. His family was persecuted in the Holocaust. Yes, so so was every Jew, religious or not. Um, that's that stands on its own. But the fact that he is a Jew does not mean that there is any kind of significant decline in anti-Semitism nationally. It's historic anti-Semitism. It runs very deep in the country, and it has manifested itself in many, many ways all the way up to the present day. So, I, I, again, I think a simplistic look at the at the picture. Uh, so, Vladimir, uh, so Vladimir Zelensky is a Jew, and therefore it's it's indicative of of of, of some kind of improvement as far as anti-Semitism goes in Ukraine. I think that's problematic. So really, what you're saying is there's an excuse that's used here by Putin with his invasion uh, that is based in some historic accuracy, but uh, in the present day, there's no excuse for it, really. So as under international law, the invasion of a sovereign country, independent country, is, 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 is a crime. And from the, the perspective of the entire international community, Except perhaps for China and 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 India is kind of vacillating on the issue, but that's for different reasons. Uh, sees this as a crime. Um, of course, from a from a Christian perspective, uh, we have to tread a little bit more carefully because the entire international community also sees Israel's um, quote unquote occupation of Judea and Samaria as a crime. And uh, we, we can make a very strong biblical and historical argument uh, that negates that uh, accusation concerning Israel. So again, I don't think we should just be swept along with uh, with our emotions and with with, with, with what everybody else is saying uh, and trumpeting regarding the, the situation in Ukraine. I think we should be be prayerful and careful in our thinking. <sighs> Stan, as Christians, we put ourselves into a particular context here in how we might think of this, and you might like to help to shape that a little because uh, there are some biblical foundations for how we need to uh, and what should inspire us to uh, do in our treatment of the Jewish people, whether they are in Israel or whether they are in a land like Ukraine. How do we as Christians uh, see and make sense of what's going on? Uh, wonderful question and, uh, and probably the most important one. Neil, uh, we have to be uh, completely biblical in our um, position. And biblical means not New Testament, it means entire Bible. And the majority of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, all the prophets from Moses on all the way through, uh, foretells the end of days in gathering of all the Jewish people. The Bible goes so far as to say, God goes so far as to say every one of them, uh, the in gathering back into their land. And through Jeremiah, he also says that he will use both fishers and hunters to get his people back to their land. That is to say, people will go and, and, and encourage Jews to come back to their land. That's in, this, in today's context. Or uh, persecutors will go after the Jews and they will flee. And 20,000 Ukrainian Jews have now come to Israel out of this conflict, um, pushing the Aliyah, the immigration of Jews to Israel this year, to record highs in over 20 years uh, of recent history. 
um, and it's actually a fact going all the way back to 1802, uh, 1882, that the waves of immigration of Jews to the land of Israel uh, have come about almost exclusively as a context or result of uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic persecution. So that is part of our perspective as well. God is restoring his people to their land. And the, the means that he allows to unfold to get them there are not always comfortable and sometimes are downright conde- conde- condemnatory from our point of view, just in terms of, of, of the way people are treated and, of course, anti-Semitism. Uh, but part of the big picture is that God is using the currents of human history, the politics, the geopolitics of 21st century history to continue in gathering his people, restoring his people to their land. Stan, somebody put it to me, uh, The there may be some historic anti-Semitism and Jews may have been in fear for their lives under some of those Ukrainian dimensions, but uh, under the Russians, they fear things might even be worse. Any comment here? Uh, that's also an interesting uh, assessment. Uh, um, there, there may be some validity to that and maybe uh, a fair amount. However, Vladimir Putin's record regarding the Jewish people is not uh, anti-Semitic. Um, there, are, there, are, there are Jewish communities in different parts of the world who monitor the situation of Russian Jewry and Ukrainian Jewry who have actually championed Putin in, insofar as he is not uh, anti-Semitic, he's not anti-Israel. Um, of course, the history, again, of, of Jews in Russia, but then Russia was the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union included the Ukraine, or Ukraine. So, it's again, we have to untangle some of that history and just sort of c- c- clean up the, the timeline. Uh, today, in Russia, are Jews, uh, do they face the kind of anti-Semitism that Jews have faced in Ukraine up until recent days? Uh, I can't give you a definitive answer, uh, but my overall sense is not as much. Uh, Stan, does the religious dimension here and the controversy over anti-Semitism and calling the Ukrainians Nazis, does that in fact become like a distraction for what his true motive might be in invading Ukraine? Um, I don't know necessarily. I think from his point of view, but I'm treading in very dangerous water here, I understand that. But I think from his point of view, there is a real... uh, threat to Russia uh, posed by Ukraine, but in the bigger context of Ukraine's uh, flirting with NATO and wanting to become part of NATO and uh, and, and NATO's um, dealings with Eastern Europe in in relation to the original agreement which was signed between uh, the Russian Federation and and the West, that NATO would not move further to the East. There has been movement to the East. And, of course, to bring Ukraine into NATO uh, would be uh, in violation of those aspects of, the, of that agreement with Russia. Um, I, do th- I do think that there is some uh, belief uh, in, in Putin's thinking uh, that Nazi- a form of Nazism does exist insofar as the Nazis were a threat to Russia, not insofar as the Nazis were a threat to Jews. They were a threat to Russia. They were an enemy of Russia's. And, and, and in that sense, if he sees the Ukraine, or, or Ukraine rather, if he sees Ukraine as also posing a threat, which, he's, which he says he does, then, uh, then poten- potentially... Um, he might he might frame it as, as a kind of Nazi-like 
um, danger uh, with, with with the uh, with the uh, reality that there is actually a strong Nazi uh, philosophy, if you like, or worldview that runs through uh, parts of uh, Ukraine's military, at least, and and possibly the government as well. So um, I'm not sure about being a distraction. I do think that we have. I do think we have a lot of questions. Everybody <laughs> has a lot of questions. They all. Everyone says, well, "What is in Putin's head?" And nobody really seems to know. Uh, most people settle on the idea that he wants to go out, he wants to go down in history as having revived uh, the Soviet empire. Well, just reaffirming the compassion that we might have for the Ukrainians who are under this uh, criminal attack that's come from Russia. But I'm sure there'll be listeners who'd like to read more deeply on some of the thoughts that are being presented in this conversation today, and I'll point them to JerusalemWatchman.org. That's the blog post for Stan Goodenough, an Israel-licensed evangelical tour guide, journalist, writer and speaker. JerusalemWatchman.org. Stan, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.